iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's event is presented as part of the 2010 New York Comedy Festival. The festival is presented in association with Comedy Central and produced by Caroline's on Broadway and United Entertainment Group. Welcome to the Apple Store Soho. How is everybody doing tonight? How are we doing? Front row, looking right at you. That was nice. I enjoyed the woos. The yeah on the end was appreciated. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dan Powell, Kurt Metzger, Matt Oberg, Michael Leon Woolley, and this evening's guest moderator, Randy Perlstein, voice of Leonard on Ugly Americans. Thank you. Hello, I get the bad chair. Hello, sir. How are you? Let's switch. Wait, you know what? You're taller, so you should no, sit in the shorter one. Put that right there, Kurt. Hey, folks, Wonderful. how are you? All right, thank you for coming out in the rain. My name is Randy Perlsey. This is Matt Oberg. Hello. Matt plays Mark Lilly on the show, our main character. Applause Wonderful. is not necessary. <laughs> but appreciate it. <laughs> it never hurts. On the back, all right. There you go. That's a nice group. Geniuses love it. And this is Dan Powell, executive producer, one Hello. of the writers on the show. Hi there. Dan wrote last night's episode, among them. Michael Leon Woolley right here plays Twain on the show. I'm excited. We had never met before, so this is our first time even meeting. And this is Kurt Metzger, who plays Randall, the zombie roommate. Kurt Metzger's. Four slightly different shades of denim. It's fun. Look at this. Shop, you guys were around Soho all day. These are great jeans. Um, thank you for coming. We're going to talk a little bit about the evolution of the show. We're going to talk about um, our experience on the show. Then uh, we'll give you guys a chance to uh, ask any questions you have. If you have a question, um, plan for a Q&A in about 23 minutes. Uh, we welcome all questions about Ugly Americans or otherwise. Hello, sir. Let me uh, start with Dan Powell. Dan was probably the first person, certainly on this panel, to hear about this show or the uh, first version of the show. Maybe you can walk us through. Uh, what you first saw and how it happened. Uh, yeah, very quickly. The, the two people most responsible for the show, unfortunately, aren't here. Uh, they're Devin Clark and David Stern. Devin created the show, and David was the uh, developer and now is currently the showrunner of the show. Um, I was an executive at Comedy Central for a number of years uh, in development, and uh, Devin Clark was a freelance animator who'd done some of the actual interstitial promos for Comedy Central. And so he came into my office one day, and he showed me a bunch of comic strips he'd done called uh, Eight On, and it was... Um, things like eight, eight zombies on love, and it would just be eight panels with eight different bizar very bizarre zombies talking about just love in general. And then he would have, you know, um, eight aliens on, like, money. And, very, you know, so it was sort of fantastical creatures talking about very mundane subjects. And um, just visually it made me laugh really hard when I saw the comic strip. So what we did was we did a, a web series called Five On. We took it from eight to five because we had to keep it, keep it short. Um, and uh, so that, that series five on was the initial sort of seed behind the show and uh, after those aired and we were really happy with them creatively they're still uh, they're actually on the season one DVD or the volume one DVD if any of you have uh, had a chance to get it it's one of the extra That's features the if everyone now, could open right? it yeah, yeah, right now exactly <laughs> talk you through you that can, uh... <laughs> is that common for a producer at Comedy Central or anyone there to look at web series kind of looking for product or um, we um we piloted a handful of the web series that we did both for ComedyCentral.com and Adam I think that 
uh, Ugly Americans was the first one to actually make it to series. Um, but what happened was is uh, we looked at the web series and we said, you know what, this is a really visually interesting world. The plan was to flesh it out into a half-hour narrative like Family Guy or Futurama or The Simpsons. And so we approached with a, just those shorts and a very loose idea of what the show might be, we approached David Stern, who was a former writer for The Simpsons during its first handful of seasons. He wrote like a handful of really classic episodes of that show like Camp Krusty and, um, uh, and my favorite episode, Duffless, where Homer has to go without beer for 30 days. And um, he looked at the shorts and said, you know what, I get it. And he really was the one who fleshed out the main characters, figured out who the main characters were going to be, what the world was going to be. Um, he wrote the pilot episode and now oversees production of the show. Um, uh, but anyhow, that was the main genesis of the show. And, uh, and so that's all the, the boring uh, uh, stuff out of the way. So now you can Well, let me ask Michael, because we've never talent. met, so I don't know anything really right. about what you've done I'm very prior talented. to working on this show. Um, uh, you've done other voice work prior, and maybe tell us about that, and then when you first heard about the show or what it looked like to you when you first saw it. Um, well, uh, I do do a lot of voiceover, radio commercials, TV, like Bank of America and Subway and things like that. Nice. And uh, nice. I'm... Uh, that Heartburn commercial, dude. <laughs> yes. You want your Heartburn that, now or later, <laughs> yeah. sir? There's that, which I think I got stopped more, for more on the street than anything. But I was the voice of Audrey 2 in Little Shop of Horrors. And uh, I, uh, yeah, and I was, uh, I'm the, a Disney character. I'm the voice of Louis the Alligator in Disney's The Princess and the Frog that came out a little while ago. So that's cool. Family entertainment. But uh, aside from that, this thing came about when I was, I was working on a project with Matt and Trey of South Park, and somebody saw me. It's, it was me. Was yeah. it you? Yeah, I was, uh, right. in the audience, has won it. they invited all the Comedy Central execs, and I, uh, I, we were looking uh, for Twain at that point, and I asked... Matt Stone's wife was a former executive, and I was like, "Who played the uh, the the warlord? You're a warlord, <laughs> African right? warlord, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes." And then Matt came to me, and uh, I'll never forget when uh, I was called to Comedy Central to audition, and there wasn't quite space available, so we ended up in a utility closet with a digital recorder to record me doing some Twain lines. But it was, and here's where we ended up. Cool, cool. Yeah, they all, they, we all did that. Dude, they put us in a little room. All really? Together, in a room, yeah. With a recorder. Really? Even, I can't believe we have this many mics, because even at the Comic-Con, <laughs> we had one goddamn mic to share. And then, we, like, the dude from The Shining brought us water. Stabbing brothers. <laughs> It was weird. We yeah. actually have a really nice recording studio at Comedy Central, but we use that room to keep you humble. It's to make you think we don't have any money to pay you with. Right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, where did the... Uh, let me ask you, Kurt, because you're chomping at the bit and you got some good gags here. Uh, how did you... Um, chomping at the bits. <laughs> how did you come up with the voice of Randall? Well, it's my usual voice. That's the first step. Right. And uh, and then I try to jersey it up a little because they wanted like a Boston accent, which like, aren't you sick of Boston accents? Or just even yeah, people from Boston yeah. in general. And, uh, you know, Jersey's uh, big now, so... <laughs> That's how I got, I when know, you go on yeah. the road, do people recognize the show? They come up to you, they chat about the show. What kind of feedback do you get? I'm sure you they recognize me now. I get like three out of every like hundred people. Not that there's a hundred people at a show, but <laughs> so you do a heartburn but, commercial to come up to you on the street. It's not like heartburn them. commercial Hustling. exposure now. <laughs> people that like the show are way into it. It's pretty cool. I don't see any Halloween costumes yet. That's when I'll feel yeah. 
like I did something. There were some Leonard's on the website. Is that the right? Facebook there were Leonard's. Yeah. And there was a mark. There was a mark. What, he just tuck his shirt in? <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a mark with a Cali. That's sort of how you knew it was a mark oh, because see. the Cali was next to it. That's a cop. That's out. nice. A friend of mine did a heartburn commercial, and they told him, <laughs> you can't go like this. That's a heart attack. This or it's heartburn. It was one or the other. Anyway, anyway. So uh, maybe for the folks, Matt, you can uh, share with the, uh, uh, the folks here the production process or how we record the table sure. read, the first draft, and then the, the final two. Uh, we used to do the table reads around a table. Uh, that technology has uh, has been taken away from us, and it was nice to get together. We yeah. had bagels, but now we do this instead because we can't stand Randy. We might as well tell <laughs> yeah. you now. We don't he want to be in the room true. with him, and we'd rather do it on GarageBand. He brought that microphone from home, Mike. <laughs> um, but no, we. Uh, I actually use my uh, my PowerBook or is it a ProBook? I have a Macintosh laptop. It's kind of on the fritz, to be honest with you. Um, but I use GarageBand, and I record the first recording. Once I get the script, these guys need to put it together, I think, really for timing purposes, right? Uh, yeah, we do uh, the table. Because some of our cast is in L.A., some of our cast is in New York. So all the cast gets the script. They send in their parts via GarageBand. Yes. And then I cut it together on Apple's Final Cut Pro. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Which I, actually, uh, I believe there's an update for if anyone wants yeah. to give me that for free. I try to put in a beat before each table read. I use the loop browser and put in, like, hip-hop beat, too. <laughs> I have fun with it. And then um, you guys assemble that together, make a couple tweaks to the script, and then we're called back in a matter of weeks later, I would say. We go to a studio right on 26th Street. And um, uh, I'm usually in the booth. We usually do it alone. Uh, they'll have me say each line, you know, three times. Hello. 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 <laughs> and we move on. Um, and that's sort of the main draft of what goes into production. But then they'll bring me back in a third and final time for ADR, which is usually um, my character, Mark, gets punched and thrown a lot <laughs> so it's usually just different groans <laughs> and i'm worried that eventually they're just going to have a library of different groans and won't need me to come in we do have a number of groans <laughs> that we'll use at various times but well, sometimes it's specialized and we've got a yeah. now you're groaning as you're being thrown off of a cruise ship we <laughs> right. need that very specific oh! groan. <laughs> yes exactly and then i wait for a check to come in the mail <laughs> What is, a, what is your favorite moment so far from the show, yours or otherwise? Uh, without a doubt, I think it's the, um, the uh, Larry King's, uh, the zombies, where they're vampires. Yes, Larry King, that, that episode. And anything that Twain says or does, right. I think is right. fabulous and hilarious and brilliant. It's kind of interesting how that Larry King episode came, came about, right? You had mentioned the, the spec script. Yeah, uh, the writer of that episode, uh, episode Aaron Blitzstein, uh, um, one of the ways that writers apply for jobs, uh, uh, staff jobs, is they send in what's called a spec script, which is you write a script of an existing show to show that you can do structure and that you can write for in, character, in the voices of characters that you yourself did not create. And, you know, most people do specs for, say, these days you do it for, you know, 30 Rock or The Office or Community or um, Two and a Half Men or something like that. But uh, Aaron Blitzstein turned in a spec script for Larry King Live... <laughs> as in the form of a transcript, and uh, our uh, David Stern, our showrunner and head writer, read it and it cracked him up. And so when it came time to 
for Aaron to write his script, uh, I think the idea was we've got to do something centered around Larry, your, your in-depth knowledge of Larry King, and that's where that came about. I guess we're all, most of us are, I mean, uh, Matt and I remember as your comedian, we're all creative. Uh, are there any characters you've imagined could be on the show one day? Do you ever imagine uh, your own episodes or uh, uh, characters you'd like to play or see on the show? No, they cover all of them, dude. Right. Got, I said Chupacabra once, and they put it in. Don't <laughs> yell at me. It's on the I, card. I was it, given this by the network. Don't yell at me like it's a lame question. All right. Now, who are the actual fans that want to hear the answer to these? You, sir. <laughs> the Chinese gentleman. I assume you are the fan. That's not press. Uh, what is your question to me? How often does the cast work together? Not that often, dude. It's a pain in the ass. Randy doesn't ask you the right questions, and it's awkward for the whole group. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. Well Always a treat. Well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you having trouble at home, Kurt? Oh, my God. Dude, I have mushrooms growing out of my wall right now because, like, a pipe burst. Right. I'm pretty sure they're killing me at night. I mean, I'm pretty... They say they're going to do something, but they just send, like, this Dominican guy, and he brings another guy that looks right. at it, and then they leave. And that's right. been going on for weeks. Right. And that's my life now. Right. I don't see why it's important where he's from. I don't... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't <laughs> It's just not one guy has an explanation in English right. of what's going to happen with these mushrooms. Right. Okay. They're okay. Going well, good point. Probably. You make a That's very good point. Happen. You make a very good point. Uh, what is the writing process like? Someone has an idea. Someone writes an episode. Does a group punch it up? In the background, there's always, like, uh, stores that have similar names to Our World. Is that a group effort, or is that in one singular person's script? Um, you know, honestly, David would be a much better person to talk about the writing process. But in general, there's a group of uh, our, our staff writers are in L.A., and David leads the room. They'll um, blue sky a bunch of ideas at the beginning of the season. Where do we want to take the season? And then um, it, they break it down into individual stories. Those stories are assigned to individual writers, but um, uh, one of which is myself. But even uh, in a script that I so, you know, write... The room is putting in joke after joke, and then through the whole animation process, like for example, some of the background stores and gags and things like that, some of them are done by the writers and they're included in the script, some of them are just put in by the animators. Like Koala Man, for example, was just a, a background character that um, one of our artists, Hal Lee, uh, drew in to the group counseling scene. And it wasn't in the script or anything like that, but when David and the writers saw it, they're like, we've got to do more stuff with this guy. So he's become a sort of increasingly, uh, not important, but you, you see him make more appearances. So a lot of times the writers will feed off of what the animators do, and obviously the animators will try and squeeze in background gags and things like that. And but primarily uh, this is um, animated in Brooklyn at Augenblick and in Canada. Yes, uh, uh, um, for the past uh, 14 episodes, our... our um, animation uh, our design team has been based in brooklyn augenblick studios aaron augenblick studio and he's been the animation director and we have a secondary uh uh not even a secondary that's a, the wrong way to put it we have a second additional animation company up in uh uh toronto cup of coffee that does all of the um the animation so aaron will do the primary aaron's team will do the primary design um up through the animatic and then it gets sent up to canada's animated and is sent back down for post-production here in uh here in new york Right. Yeah. And it takes, what, about six months for an episode, give or take, soup to nuts? I'd say six to seven months from the very right. beginning of, like, the process all the way to when it goes on air. It's about a seven-month process. Right, right. Um, perhaps somebody uh, out here has a question for us. Please, sir, go ahead. 
What is your name, sir? Joe Strike, Animation World Network. Nice to meet you. Likewise. Likewise. Okay, the entire process from the brainstorming to going on there six, seven months. Uh, how long would you say the actual animation takes, that part of the process? You know what? Uh, actually, I, I, I want to revise the answer because I think the seven months is mostly the... Um, is mostly the animation process, and then there's an additional, I would say, tack on another two, in, two, two to three months that's the actual writing process. Although the writing really never stops. Even, you know, we might, after two or three months, we have a, a record draft of the script, but all throughout the animation process, David and the writers are looking at the individual scene, saying, where can we add a joke here? You know, so by the time you get to ADR, I'd say like, you know, probably a quarter of your lines are actually scratch and you have to replace in right. new jokes. So once we do our first record and lay it in the studio, it's about six or seven months till the animation's complete. Yeah, I'd say it's about six months from, from that point. Great. Hey, my name is Cornelius. Hey, Cornelius. Um, you guys seem to be able to get away with a lot, whether it's beating dead baby Leonards or whatever. Is there anything Jeez, you guys robot? can't do? Uh... There were a few things, right, that were kind of nixed by the studio? Um, right? Well, I mean, uh, you know, we work for Comedy Central, and so Comedy Central Standards and Practices Department sort of has final say over uh, what can and can't be put on television. Um, obviously, uh, swear words have to be bleeped and things like that, although we, I think we unbleeped them for the DVD and iTunes. Um, but actually, Comedy Central's really good about, like, if David and the writers have an idea, um, it's always a conversation. It's not like, you can't do this, but it's more like, let us help you figure out an appropriate way to kill 500 tiny Leonards without it being completely, and who are naked as well, <laughs> uh, without it being unacceptable for basic cable television. But you were showing Leonard urinating from behind, and he was nude from the waist down, and that was inappropriate, so you had to add a thong, is that correct? It, it was, there was a leprechaun. <laughs> it is interesting some of the uh, notes you get. We had a leprechaun uh, in, this is episode 103, uh, uh, we had a leprechaun urinating into um, the decapitated neck hole of a dead vampire. And the actual note from the network is, if he's peeing, we can't see his naked butt. Not like that's right. way too violent. That's insane. It's just like, uh, no naked butt. So we put a thong on him, which is arguably more sort of bizarre <laughs> There's a Howard disgusting. Hughes at Comedy Central who just comes up with some real crazy ideas. <laughs> it sounds fine, but there's one caveat. He needs a thong. Look, there's no reason is this to be playing in the background? You know, there's no reason being decent when you're peeing in a neck stump. <laughs> you know, class it up a little bit. Right. Put you a tell thong him, on Kurt. there so people don't have to look at that. I just want to see a neck stump get beat in. My, you know, my family's here. I want some filth. What else? What other <laughs> neck stump peeing? What if people just came in the store just now and just heard peeing in a neck stump? Go, oh, I think Kurt Metzger is here. I would think they attract a bigger crowd to this panel. Maybe Kurt will continue his half-hour special. You'd yes. look up. <laughs> uh, what hello. is your name? My name is David. Yes, hello, David. I had a question for Randall's character along with Kurt. Okay, be careful. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> Are we going to see, like, a backstory to why or how Kurt became a zombie, one? I mean, Randall became a zombie. And the other one is, do you apply your personality to Randall? Uh, no, <laughs> I am like one. And what two, did Lee Strasberg say to you about character work? Because that took you really far, I think. Uh, he say, one, get past the footlights. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Actor talk. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much, they're pretty cool. Like, they'll... 
you know, I don't improv like every line, but they definitely like to see like you work your personality into the character. So, you know, it's pretty cool that way. It was very collaborative. Um, as far as the backstory, do you get the DVD? We totally covered that. I mean, we've covered like four, three episodes. But season... I appreciate your interest. But take it a step further and watch those episodes. In the pilot, there were a number of things I think you riffed or improvised that stayed in that kind of matched the character. I don't know if it was Kung Fu Panda or these kinds of things. Well, originally, the, char- the curse is, is sort of the one character that underwent an entire redesign based on... Uh, Kurt getting the role because originally it was this sort of scrappy, thin, Boston accented zombie, and then Kurt came in and we were like, uh, or obviously, it's got to be Kurt, fatter. It, That's what I. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, everybody like here knows fat. what Dan was saying is we fatter. love you. Everybody knows that they redesigned no it because we buy love you. This fat ass's voice. It, just, it seemed weird for your voice to be coming out of such a small character, so we, right. we, we redesigned it not to be fatter, but to look more like <laughs> the body type of that voice would be coming out of. How has watching the show influenced how you perform the character, if at all? You watch the show, you know, It's tough episodes. for me to watch the show. I'm like, I don't believe that's a character. That's my voice. <laughs> um, so, but it, it hasn't changed what I do. I mean, I think if you get inside your head too much about what it ends up sounding like, you're going to just be a mess. So... I just try to keep it as simple as possible. Read the lines aloud. <laughs> same thing here. Same thing. Uh, no, it doesn't affect. Um, it doesn't affect me after I see it. I'm kind of used to hearing my voice, but uh, I think it's fun. As as the more we go into it, our characters kind of get more defined, and you know that's a lot of fun when you really start to get to know your character. But I will say about recording. One cool thing about. Um, Ugly Americans is that they're uh, really accommodating to actors, whether we're here or in Los Angeles. 90% of animation's done in Los Angeles, and it's one of the few shows that's, you know, records in New York. And uh, there are a number of actors that are in Los Angeles that record, and uh, they're pretty uh, accommodating, you know, whether where you are, doesn't matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. Dude, when I watch it, it's not that it affects my performance. I just like to watch, like, anything I'm on, I like to watch, like, uh, you ever see that movie Constantine where Keanu Reeves, <laughs> he's doing that exorcism with that little girl, and then, like, the demon sees its reflection in the mirror and is like, eh, like it's entranced by his hideous. That's how I watch myself on TV. Like, uh, <laughs> it doesn't affect the character. It's just a lot of validation to me that I have a TV job. And that we love you. And that, that oh, yes, also job. that. Yeah, there is also We have that. one more question up here in front. Is oh, it please. about Constantine, hopefully? <laughs> Hi. Did you see um, that movie? <laughs> we're big fans of, the, of your show. And this is a question for Dan. We're wondering whether, um, is it the writers or the animators that come up with the random characters in the background? Like, what's the, do- what's the deal with the Croatian guy? There's one normal Croatian guy in the... <laughs> In the uh, circle and... Uh, the Croatian guy was definitely a creation of the writers in the first script. I think it was a joke that you have all these sort of bizarre characters in Mark's counseling group and then just a Croatian man. He needs to find his way in New York like anyone else. <laughs> oh, that's what um, that means, dude? <laughs> I thought we were saying Croatian people are the real monsters and I've been telling people that. <laughs> and I said Viacom backs it up, so I look like a real jerk right now. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I- I'd say most of this stuff comes out of the writer's room, but there are definitely moments like um, in, uh, in the pilot... Uh, Aaron drew this giant baby walking down the street, and Devin Clark, the creator, said, well, he should have a briefcase if he's walking down the streets of New York. The baby clearly is going somewhere. He should have a briefcase. And then David and the writers saw that, and they said, 
well, he must be a lawyer. So uh, a couple episodes later, they had him representing the werewolf character as giant baby lawyer. He dumps spaghetti on his head, and he's so cute that he earns... Adorable. uh, His client is exonerated. So there is a little... You know, there's back and forth, the riffing off of uh, each other. But, you know, definitely the bulk of the the animation is based on the scripts that come out of Los Angeles. The thing is, Devin just draws funny-ass monsters. Like, I think that he, if he didn't have his show, that's just what he would be doing in his spare time, is just making millions of, like, those, uh, who were those, the horses last night where they hit their own asses where they run? Those, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good visual jokes there, because, you know, he's a funny dude, and, like, Augenblick, they did a uh, super, j- they did a bunch of good stuff, so it's, it, those visual jokes, like, they put in vi- stuff on top of it, it's really cool. Like, it's not, you know, we write this, well, they write it, but we all chip in on it, and then the, the animators, because they're such good animators, I think they add a lot to it, you know? Like, even if you didn't like the show, you could just watch it, and it would still be cool to just watch, you know? There's a sense when we're doing the show that it's Devin's world that he created, and that we enjoy being a part of it. Yeah, I definitely. think that adds a lot to the show. There's a sweetness to it, despite all the insanity. Also, I give props to you. Yeah, it's also the world that... I make and that you all make. <laughs> I think the best, the, the, the star of the show is, is how cool it looks, in addition to the writing. But I think what Devin and Augen Blake bring to it is what helps sort of separate it from other cartoons and makes it seem cool. Well, the cartoons That's are like sitcoms. They're, you know, they're just sitcoms. The cartoons I like, yeah. but they're just sitcoms. That the art's kind of secondary. They, they, the art's like a primary part of our show. Yeah. You know, and I think it's a big difference because there's not a lot of animations like that where it's almost like, a, to me, it's like a really cool comic. I think it's been getting funnier and funnier as it goes on, but I just liked it because I'm into that, that whole kind of world, you know? Like, I'm, fans of that, I'm a fan of that kind of stuff. Any other questions from the crowd? Anything at all? Yes, yes, yes. My name is Reese, and I'm just wondering, when you were young, did you ever imagine you'd end up with a gig like this? Yes. <laughs> Where did you grow up, and why is that true? That's no. Um, no. I've, well, I've, I've always been a big fan of animation. You know, it's uh, one of the things I do. Uh, I do voiceover for animation, and uh, this is unlike any other show I've done or any kind of animation. I mean, nothing comes close. And the fact that I'm a Disney character on one side of the country, and I'm a demon with horns and red and and a six pack, I might add. You know, it's very cool. It's very cool. I am. Uh, I think I'm the only non-American on this panel. Is that right? If, yes, yes, absolutely. Dan was kind enough to write me a letter for my green card application just last week. As a matter of fact. And if you go down to uh, downtown to the immigration office, these are wonderful people. But you do see the kind of question mark. Not all. Certainly certainly not all. all. (laughs) Not the folks you find in Kurt's apartment. That's for sure. But there's always some bad seeds. (laughs) Um, But you do see the desperation and need for help. And if you go to Ellis Island, you see these kind of um, theatrical playbills from 100 years ago, where you would look and say, "Oh, I'm that." I'm from that country or I'm that ethnicity, I'll go see a play about that. I think that is reflected in the show to a certain extent, being lost, being in New York, strange folks. You're well adapted, Kurt, but for, <laughs> for me, you know, sometimes it's hard to meet new people. I never thought I would have, I, I was a late bloomer for my voice to change in sixth grade. I was very, I was very anxious about that and I talked in a fake low voice. And, and at one point my sixth grade teacher was like, Matt, why are you talking that voice? And I'm like, what voice? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but it all worked out, Mr. Hankowitz. So Coming up next, my homework by Matt Oberg. <laughs> Arithmetic is my favorite. 
Mr. Schneider, I have a question in the back. Matt Oberg. Any questions? <laughs> I think you could gesture really well in front of the class. Over here to your left, and over here to your right. Um, any other questions? Anything else? Oh, great. Another one from the front. Where are you from, young lady? Uh, I'm from Malaysia. Oh, welcome. Um, so I was just wondering, like, um, you obviously look a bit like Mark Lilly, and you, Thank you. look like, um, yeah, Twain, Twain. Uh, Bone Raper, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Randall, and Randall, and you. We didn't get to ask you much questions about Leonard, and That's right. so, and how did you come about the, and like, how did you become the voice of Leonard? And uh, I recall the first audition was to uh, read a bunch of different voices and bring in a lot of characters and/or impressions. And for the Leonard character, and I've mentioned this once before, there's an old comedian that I'm very fond of named Dick Capri, an old Catskills comedian. Anybody? Anybody Dick Capri? <laughs> From Catskills on Broadway? Hilarious dude. Very, um, his pants are pressed. His hair is slicked back, and he walks across the stage like he doesn't own it, but he'd like to. Just a real classy guy. <laughs> and he's got this great cadence uh, to his voice, and the pauses are... Delicious. <laughs> um, so when I heard the guy was a real kind of alcoholic, irresponsible, I was like, what if he was that much in denial or just really funny and warm? You know, I like drunks who really love the I love you drunks are my favorite. Not the I want to fight you, but man, I don't know you, but those eyes. <laughs> Can I borrow six bucks? You know, like I love those dudes. So that was kind of the, the deal for me. Leonard's one of my favorite characters, and, and the, the, I read a review that sort of encapsulated why I think he's so funny, which is, someone pointed out, he's basically omnipotent. Like, he can do, he can <laughs> conjure up and do whatever he wants, but he's too drunk and lazy to really do anything of significance with those powers, so he works in a, a middle management, you know, bureaucratic job, and just does enough to get by, you know, his union is behind him, but, you know, really, if you want to take advantage of those powers, you could do <laughs> right. some pretty significant damage or or good depending on what the, he robbed the what bank, he wanted to though. do. He did rob a bank. There are a lot of talented people we know, especially comedians, who do everything they can to fail. <laughs> and I think he is one of those people. Very common. But Randy is excited to have a job where he can talk about Dick Capri. I that's, think that's, that's probably... really the main thing. Because I sit in my house with my pressed pants in a chair just like this saying Anybody? We, we were in San Diego for Comic-Con. We're down at the pool at the Marriott. I meet Randy down there. Randy is sitting on a chaise, uh, murmur, talking to himself. I say, Randy, what are you doing? He goes, I'm telling myself jokes. True story. I was. I was. I hope that. I'm not, I'm not telling you. No. I was sitting by the pool. I would met a lovely young he woman. He knew everybody poolside. He says the secret to playing with kids in the pool is you got to start with the parents. I swear. <laughs> yeah. You don't jump in the pool and say, you know, go long or I'm open. Madam, do you mind if I play Nerf with Please go ahead, sir. Have you heard the one about the grasshopper? Yeah. You got to make friends. Yeah. You're the king. You're the but king. But I read a lot you about Leno. They say, why does Leno have this job? I mean, certainly he's a great comedian and, and, and was very popular at one time and is still somewhat popular. <laughs> but he knows everybody in America. He traveled. He made friends. He shook hands. You know, and um, I want to be one of those people when it, when it just goes. You know, there's a lot of people who may owe me favors or remember me from the pool. And <laughs> Children from the a pool lot you play catch with. Hey, some kid's going to be 25 going, saying. Pearlstein, you know, he's 70, but he played with me at the pool. Funny dude, nice great guy. Hands. Great Polish hands. Polish jokes out there. Great hands. It's true. 
It's not about being strong or soft. It's about listening with the hands. Yeah. <laughs> I meant catching the football. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, guest voices, guest celebrity voices. Oh, sure, Are you guys make sure that doesn't happen? No, we've had uh, Bill Hader, right? Maria Bamford. Uh, Say uh before each name. Uh, a Maria Bamford, uh, a Bill Hader, a Jack McGrath. Yeah, Jack McGrath. We haven't booked anyone for upcoming episodes. I'm also not. Uh, our press liaison is here and can tell you whether or not we're contractually allowed to mention their names in the press. Because <laughs> some, sometimes they're like, we just want the paycheck. If people recognize our voice, that's fine. But right. don't. Don't use there us was to some, someone your show. sounded like Kristen Wiig, and yeah, I've always wondered that. Yeah, someone, someone very <laughs> similar to Kristen Wiig was on our right. show. Kristen uh, Wiig. <laughs> they didn't back then. The show hadn't aired. They didn't know if it was going to be good or not. They were like, "Well, it seems funny, but we haven't seen it." Now I'm sure they'd be a lot right. more accommodating about letting us use their names. So, but their yeah. names are in the credits, so I'm sure I can mention them at this point. Right? Yeah. Uh, Bill Hader did. Um, he did three voices in the Werewolf episode, an uh, American Werewolf in America. He did a, uh, a vampire, Bill Dyer, who's the sort of Gangs of New York type character. Well, gee whiz, I, I'm so glad everybody came out here, especially in the rain today. It means a lot to us that you came out. Um, if there's no other questions, I don't know. Do you want to sign off with anything, Kurt? We'll kind of go down the line and say uh, something to the folks. I don't know. This guy with the shaved head has been scaring me the whole panel. No, please. <laughs> he looks like he came from the future to tell me I'm going to die. That is what he looks like. Drew the stone face. This is your last panel, Metzger. That's what he was saying with his head. Uh, our DVD is available. There's commentary. I don't know. Have you uh, listened to the commentary? No. No, you didn't? Really? You didn't listen no. to the commentary to see what they said about you? The, no, not yet. We, uh, there was, uh, most of the reviews of the DVDs have been pretty positive, but we saw one very obscure review that clearly someone who had no interest in the show and was forced to review this DVD for the company. Right over and there. They listened, <laughs> they listened to all... Three hours of commentary, and the the criticism was um, it was weird, you know, because on the commentary we're talking about how the show's made, and it's, it's weird to hear people talk about a show that they're interested in, but you're not. And I was like, oh, "Did you expect us to just shit on the show for two and a half right. hours?" Here's we blew well, it this here. clearly isn't funny, and yeah. that went wrong. And way, why that? are we even doing this? Sometimes who's I think violence in, like, is monsters, uh, bad dude. for kids. You know. <laughs> well, hopefully, with this panel, we did a good enough job not talking about the show. I, uh, I guess that's it, uh, you guys. Thanks so much for coming today. It means a lot to us because we kind of work in booths by ourselves and stuff. And. Um, we're on Facebook or whatever. Leave a post for us and so forth. Yeah, we're on. Uh, we have a, a fan page on Facebook, which you guys should click like onto. Uh, volume one of the DVDs available on Amazon. Uh, our, we have two episodes left. Although there's an encore tonight at 10 p.m., mm -hmm. and uh, we have two episodes left uh, next Wednesday and the following Wednesday. And so be sure to catch those. Right. Thanks so much for coming. It means a lot to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Good night. you. Guys, thank you one more time, everybody. Let's make them feel loved. Come on, that was amazing. The show is hilarious. Ugly Americans airs on Wednesdays on Comedy Central. The DVD is out now. And also, <clears throat> don't forget, this entire experience will be available on the iTunes store under the Meet the Filmmaker podcast series and apple.com forward slash Soho for all your upcoming event needs. We hope you had a wonderful time tonight. Thank you for braving the storm. Get home safe and have a wonderful weekend.